The Brandon Peters Show may contain explicit language and detailed plot points. For more information on the show, stay tuned to the end of the episode. show i am brandon and this is my companion rachel hello i'm still here still here this series of old space show follows this story by story time traveling adventures of the sixth doctor and prairie brown during season 22 of doctor who colin baker's first year in the role today we will be discussing the story comprised of episodes five and six the mark of the ronnie a time distortion forces the Sixth Doctor and companion Perry Brown to 19th century England. In this town, local miners are rising up and attacking civilians and vandalizing machinery. These men all yield a similar red marking on their necks. The Doctor's arch nemesis, the Master, arrives and traces this strange conversion to the miners being gassed in a local bathhouse by an old woman. This is no ordinary woman, for it is another Time Lord, an evil chemist known as the Rani in disguise. She is distilling neurochemicals to use back on Mysemia Goria, the planet with which she rules. Having visited the planet himself, he knows the Rani's experiments are failing, and the unrest caused by it has caused a revolt. He convinces her to work with him to take out the Doctor first and foremost. The Doctor goes undercover to discover the Rani on his own, and learns she's been coming to Earth harvesting chemicals for centuries. The Master uses the miners to attack the Doctor as well as toss the TARDIS down a mine shaft. He is saved, though, by George Stevenson. The Doctor and Perry learn of a meeting of science and engineering geniuses is soon to take place in the village. We then discover the Master has showed up to this point in history to use the finest minds of the Industrial Revolution to speed up Earth's development and use it as a power base. The Rani agrees to assist him as long as she can continue to her harvesting after he achieves this. The Doctor sneaks aboard the Rani's TARDIS while Perry figures out a remedy for the deranged miners and seeks herbs in the Red Fern Dell. The Rani's TARDIS arrives there where she has told the Master she had planted landmines. The Doctor surprises them and has the Master's tissue compression eliminator to bargain their way through. Through trickery, the Rani gets her and the Master to escape, but her TARDIS navigation system has been sabotaged by the Doctor, sending her ship out of control, and a Tyrannosaurus Rex embryo she keeps begins quickly growing due to a time spillage. Back in town, the Doctor and Perry trade a file of brain fluid to cure the miners for their TARDIS. All right, and this is directed by Sarah Hellings, her only Doctor Who, but she also directed that lovely Midsummer Murders, which I'm sure if you lived in England at the time, one in three people directed an episode of that show in their life. <laughs> um, but she also directed Lovejoy and the Blue Peter Special Assignment. And she's the last woman to direct Doctor Who in the classic era and the last outright until Hetty McDonald directs Blink in 2007. Wah, wah, wah. Wow! Yeah, yep. That's, but it's it's crazy to think though the classic Doctor Who for its times did have a lot of female directors here and there. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it, the first showrunner, the you know Barry Lambert, is the reason we have 
what we have now that mm-hmm. launched this thing to success. So it's always had Doctor Doctor Who's always had a pretty strong female presence, mm-hmm. unless you're supporting characters doing a lot of the Tom Baker era. Yeah, <laughs> though it's my favorite era. I I I do recognize that there are a lot of dudes in that time. Yeah, it's a big gap, but we have to remember there's four seasons after this, and then a huge gap mm-hmm. uh, between things. But it's not like you could have hired a female director there, but history is history right here. Uh, but it's written by Pip and Jane Baker, who also, they'll go on to write Terror of the Vorvoids, The Ultimate Foe Part 2, which is the finale of the Trial of the Time Lord, and Time and the Ronnie, and Old Space Show Note, they write a season two episode of Space 1999 before they touch Doctor Who. It's starring... Of course, Colin Baker and Nicole O'Brien, and guest stars Kate O'Mara, Anthony Ainley, Terrence Alexander, and Gone Granger. O'Mara, legend. She was on Dynasty, of course. She was in. Uh, she is Hammer royalty. She was in Vampire Lovers and the Horror of Frankenstein. TV wise, she also did Secret Agent, The Saint, and The Avengers. Mm-hmm. And she makes some work here. Now, I want to go back to Pip and Jane Baker, and I really want to hear your opinion on this because they are considered by many to be the best at writing. The Sixth Doctor's character. I'm not saying oh, yeah, serial-wise, but I mean, I'm talking here for people who might be like, I don't like their serials. I'm talking specifically about their characterization, their dialogue of The Sixth Doctor. Yeah, no, they're, they are some of my favorites. That I almost like, uh, you know, as far as script writers are concerned, mm-hmm. writing this, which is one of my favorite six doctor stories if not one of my top 10 favorite just doctor who stories mm-hmm. you know from doctor who of any era and then they did terror of the vervoids which is a uh, a good story part of the the trial of the time lord arc which can now be viewed without being part of the trial of the time lord on the yeah. collection set so. yeah but you know We'll get into Travel Time Lord at some point in the future, but you know, if if you're familiar with it, Terror of the Vervoids is kind of the odd one out because it's kind of this story that needs to be sandwiched in the middle because you've got Perry's goodbye kind of mm-hmm. leading into the the first two stories, and then all of a sudden Perry's gone, supposedly dead, and. They need a companion because Mel becomes very important in the ultimate foe, but it can't be a traditional companion introduction story because that would take too long and they don't have that kind of time. So they got to figure out how to throw a new companion in there in an event that is actually taking place in the doctor's future. So the doctor that's currently in the courtroom physically hasn't happened to him yet (laughs) he only knows what he's gonna see because he got to review the footage beforehand Mm -hmm. so it's just this really weird thing that they had to write and they did it really well and then the ultimate foe the only reason that they wrote the second part of it is because the guy who was writing it died Mm -hmm. and john nathan turner was the showrunner at the time and then eric sayward was the script editor and so when the the writer died <laughs> before he even finished the first half of it yeah. really he sayward have to jump in try and finish it john nathan turner didn't like his script so they went to pippa jane baker and they're like yeah you know that 
story you just wrote for us with the vervoids. Well, the story after that, we need you to write that too. And by the way, anything that the original script writer had written is, and I think some of well, like Sayward quit. So he yeah, Sayward quit, and he couldn't tell so anything. anything. Anything that had been written prior to Pip and Jay Baker coming in, they could not see, so they had no idea what they were building on top of. Didn't you have to like <laughs> tell him on like an elevator ride? Like, all right. I, so this happens in the first part, and then you got to finish. Yeah, J and T just went to them, and they were like, "Okay, well, like, what you about- can't do this, this, and this." Or something yeah, like that. yeah. <laughs> it's like they're like, "Oh, and by the way, you, I need you to have this done over the weekend." They got like three days to write the script mm-hmm. too. So gold star to Pip and Jane Baker for putting up with yeah a lot. And then they <laughs> they end up in. I mean, they had just this is this is probably their calmest story to do because. They after that they would have to launch Sylvester McCoy time of the mm-hmm. Ronnie and that was not what they were prepared to do like that season that season twenty four is just a miracle it happened or people made shows because yeah. it's last minute changes all yeah. sorts of craziness and yeah because the because as far as everyone knew that Colin was going to come back and do yeah. another season and then he got fired and then they asked him to come and film the regeneration they were like mm-hmm. well we've got this story and it'd be like four parts and it would include your regeneration and he's like well how about I come back and do an entire season and then I'll regenerate and they're like no it's either come and do this one story regenerate and that's it and he was like no and therefore, yeah, oh, I don't, I don't blame like, <laughs> Tip and Jay Baker. Like, how do we write this regeneration without the actor in it? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's that's a whole <laughs> like the story opens and it's like you know the rainbow outfit and Sylvester yeah. McCoy in a blonde wig. Yeah, season twenty four does doing not doing his best Art Garfunkel impression. So. Does not get off to a good start. Does not. That's yeah. a that's a that's a hmm, that's a low on the Brandon scale season. Yeah. But here we have them comfortable. Like Eric Sayward didn't like Pip and Jane Baker, and I'm I'm going through this. I'm like, man, he's a grumpy Gus. <laughs> he's got a lot to bitch about every time. Yeah. It comes, yeah. Like, it, it's a wonder that considering how much bad blood seems to be there, that he came back to do any sort of like interviews for the DVD extras. Right. <laughs> he just wants to clear his name. Yeah, uh, I guess. Pip and Jane, though, they were inspired by an article from New Science Magazine about brain mm-hmm. stuff for this. Um, yeah, one of... Uh, ripped from the headlines, Mark of the Ronnie. That and Pip's brother was a scientist. Okay. They ended up pumping him for scientific lingo that sounded legit. Because oh, the Ronnie does pride herself, even though she is a... Mm-hmm crazy renegade time lord just like the master but she everything she does unlike the master who seems to just like do everything half cocked the ronnie is very methodical and everything that she tries to do has a scientific basis to it it's interesting herself so scientists first right it's interesting they toss the master into this story because they could have probably figured a way just to do the ronnie but i guess it's Bonus, you get the master. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. But. And I'm I'm always down for a multi, always down for a multi-doctor story, which we're going to get to. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm really, I'm down for a multi-time lord story right. you know, of any 
<laughs> in ilk. <laughs> so gotcha. Yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 fine. It's Tom Baker's first historical. The one thing I love about this story, and they tend to brush on it everywhere, but I love that they don't forget that Perry is like studying to be a botanist, and she's mm-hmm. got knowledge, and they use utilize that within the story, mm-hmm. and have that be a thing. And they were originally going on a trip. Her yeah, the they're doctor. supposed to be going to Kew Gardens. Yes, and <laughs> she's upset about that. And they actually, I mean, this is like her most like conservative outfit she's ever going to wear on the show. <laughs> yeah, it is still ridiculous yeah. for the situation that they're in. So. Well, I mean, she they, she looks like Marty McFly going to the Old West from the 50s. Yeah. Because like that yellow. Yeah, thing. well, they were supposed to be going to like the actual like grand opening of Kew Gardens when it was mm-hmm. ever originally open. And I think like royalty was there. Right. So she was supposed to be dressed to potentially be coming across i don't know when q gardens opened so i don't know who was the monarch at the mm-hmm. time it's funny because perry oddly enough has had a lot of different variant like figures made of her compared mm-hmm. to like oh it's, it's weird like she's probably got more than the sixth doctor has she's got more than like sarah jane has like she's had and this is one of them they haven't made so far mm-hmm. but it's it's funny to me i was thinking about like wow like yeah perry because there's a they combo her with things. So, I mean, there's a parry that comes with Shara's Jack. There's a parry that comes with Syl. There's a parry that comes with yep. the Cybermen. There's a parry that comes with a Suntaran and the Androgum. We're going to talk about yeah. that next time. But, like, there's a <laughs> lot of different parries. It's like, it's really interesting to me that they need to make a set with Perry in this outfit and then yep. the Sixth Doctor and with a broken finger. The cape. Oh, the broken finger. Yes. <laughs> His poor Colin broke his finger. Gosh, filming. <laughs> and did he wipe like actual dung on his face? Dog poo. Yeah. Dog poo. Yeah. And this one. Yeah. This one. Yeah. He goes incognito. You get to see him in a different kind because the Sixth Doctor. He does have different outfits, but this is a um, one you could make a little pauper, towny townsfolk. Yeah. Minor outfit. Speaking of that, when he's in that outfit, he goes to interpretate the Ronnie. There's a cliffhanger here, straight from '66 Batman for this, where he's on the 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 cart thing and they roll him down it's just like when bruce wayne gets kidnapped by king tut and comes out the back of the ambulance the ghostbusters type ambulance i was like every every time i see this i i flash back to that batman cliffhanger yeah colin said it was he he imagines it's a lot like what the uh oh what is it in the olympics not the skeleton because that's the one they go head first but the the other slalom i guess where they go feet first and he said that it, it got up to a pretty good speed, but the cart he was on, there was actually mm-hmm. someone underneath that was actually had like brakes and stuff. Oh, okay. and control, kind of like a little soapbox type thing. But yeah, Colin did all of his stunts yeah, throughout really, his yeah, entire run. Yeah. They offered a, a stunt double for him and he was like, no, I'm, you know, he, he was going to do it. And regular did, Burt Reynolds of Doctor Who here. Yeah. He, he just figured who can do it better than me. And for the most part, he was fine. But yeah, the the bit where the he gets chased by the miners and ends up hanging off of the chains above like the pit. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, he was strapped in, so like he was not really hanging for his life. But one of the extras got just a bit too into it and ran into him, and it caused his finger to get oh. caught in the chains a certain way, and it, it dislocated, but they were able to pop it back in, but it was it was pretty sore <laughs> for quite a while. So, yeah, he essentially, essentially broke his finger doing yeah. that. But, uh, yeah, for the most part, he never really suffered 
injuries. There's one other that we'll get to. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. In another story. Yeah. And since uh, they're out, they're outside a lot. I meant to mention this on one of the the Cyberman episode, but this is the last season where location shoots were done on film. Mm-hmm. Um, they would. They're, they're they, you, per- there's a significant difference. You can tell. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, just the color, you know, the colors mm-hmm. and the yeah. When they go outside, the it starts looking cheap from here yeah, on out. Yeah. Like from here, uh, and with like, especially with the PAL sourcing. Yeah, it looks like it was video. filmed on my parents' camcorder. Yeah, it'll look like. I mean, it's impressive what they can do with it, and they figure it out late in Sylvester's run what they can and can't do, pretty much. Mm-hmm. But yeah, here be it for filming on location i believe they are still searching for a lot of this material they use for the blu-ray release because they want it to be presented with the actual film scans rather than the broadcast tapes yeah Uh, because production wise the two doctors was actually filmed before this mm -hmm. and that was even more so on location right yeah (laughs) out of the england but and this one they i mean they were fighting weather here it was raining all the time it's england it rains So, but yeah, the place it was filmed is kind of like a, uh, it's a historical where they do like reenactments and mm-hmm. stuff. Like if you're, well, obviously, you know, cause you're in Indiana, but if anyone has come to Indiana is familiar with like Connor Prairie, yeah. it's kind of like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but then it was, they also use some, the bit when they're taking the doctor and they've got him hanging from mm-hmm. the, you know, he's got tied up kind of like a you know pig on a spit right and that was filmed at like some public gardens or public forest or something and they were filming and they made a a cut and they needed to reset something or something and they're like you know colin do we you know do you do you want to be untied so you can stretch or whatever he's like no it's fine so they set him down essentially (laughs) is <laughs> still tied to yeah. the stick in between those trees and while they were doing whatever they were doing uh changing you know resetting cameras or something and like these people walking their dog just walk by and at one point he's like hi how you doing and they're like <laughs> hi and they just kept going <laughs> so. oh, but i don't know yeah <laughs> strange man in a colorful coat let's right. go fluffy <laughs> and, yeah the, the Ronnie, it's you know her story and all, but like she's a really she's very she's got a really ferocious like she just the minute she pulls off the thing you're like all right yeah the old hag outfit and... immediately controlling and it, severely underused character like it's astounding yeah. she's never come back I I just like her mentality and stuff like when the Ravens were or who was the guy that gets turned into the tree in the minefield and she's just like what. She's got a longer life expectancy now. Like she doesn't differentiate creatures and species. Like she's like, what? You, you can get a light, longer life expectancy. And I was like, I always that always stuck with me. Is like that's an interesting yeah. getting in the thought process of an alien or another being, and it's a really smart writing. Yeah, she's a she's a fantastic villain, mm-hmm. and yeah, you know, I was glad that they were able to bring her back for time in the Ronnie is bad as that story is at least she's there uh, again yeah she's fantastic and as we were talking before we started recording you know uh, the uh ill-fated charity special the, the, i don't know whatever charity if they 
you know, children like in thanks. Need, right? or, yeah. It was like children in need or something like that. I don't know if the, the charity was like, thanks for your effort for helping us, maybe for, yeah, Dimensions in Time, which is just batshit crazy in itself. It's the just, story it, of that is. There's no story. That's the thing. It's just like well, how I mean, many I mean, the story former how it, Doctor Her actors right. can we throw together, just walking around different sets? Oh, oh well, let's throw some people from Coronation Street in here. Well, I, I, mean, I didn't mean it. that story. I meant the story of how they wound up with that. Is well, yeah, just like, <laughs> like like you couldn't get Tom to come back for the five doctors. He did that though. You got Tom to come back for this. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's <laughs> it's just it's it's just the thing is just so ridiculous. But it's is yeah, we get some really great character team ups that we well, don't get in who like get the six yeah. doctor and the brigadier face to face. Well, there's a misnomer. Screen. There's a misnomer that like it reminds me of the the old Star Trek thing where it's like oh only the even number ones are good. That's not true, and everybody's like oh if it's got the Ronnie run away. But oh. that's not true because this one exists. This, yeah. is a, this is a really solid, this is a really good Doctor Who yeah. story. Yeah, um, and it, to this day, social media posts or panels or, you know, random people on the street, you know, if they're like, you know, what's a classic era villain or, care, you know, monster or whatever that they've not brought back yet mm-hmm. into New Who and my flag, I, that's the hill that I've planted my flag on and willing to die on is to bring back the Ronnie. Right, right. I, I'm just, yeah. she surprises me that she's never returned and like Romana surprises me that they've never brought her because they're time lords. They can change. They can be someone new. And yeah, never. Yeah, I mean they've they've brought back the Ronnie in Big Finish. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. Kate O'Mara, unfortunately. The 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 character they started Big Finish after Kate's passing. Yeah, unfortunately, because uh, she did pass several years yeah. ago. And Pip and Jane Baker, uh, Pip was it? Pip passed away last year. Yeah, something like recently? that. Yeah, yeah, and. With this one, I do like uh, the doctor, uh, speaking of Pip J. Baker, writing him, he quotes Battle of the Baltic, Julius Caesar, and Hamlet all in this one serial. Yeah. Like, I like how they're giving Colin Baker, like, you know, Colin, Colin's just like, yes. Yeah. Cling to those, like, and he could say them. There's a reason he narrates so much shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's, he's, a, he's a fantastic orator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Give him, you know, well-written lines and the man can command a scene you know in one of colin's best like moments is in the ultimate foe where the doctor has this fantastic speech mm-hmm. and well, pip and jane baker <laughs> yeah. no. they they seem to have like it's a marriage where they write for him and he knows and he just takes it well like yeah. i don't know if they watch they understand yeah they, they understand this character this incarnation right. of the doctor they True. they get him one little a funny thing for the role of lord ravensworth in this they considered peter cushing patrick stewart and michael goff for this role <laughs> which peter cushing it looks like they were always trying to maybe get him on here but michael goff would have confused right they were like oh is the toy maker here too What's going on here? Yeah, you know, at this point, they they well, even now they they like to reuse people. They do, they do. <laughs> but the, the, the Michael Goff's a specific reuse. That's I mean, true. That is like, very that's, that, that is very true. So, 
But um, yeah, and we also, to tie it into our next episode, it introduces the the Statenheim remote control for the TARDIS, for the mm-hmm. Ronnie. She's got a remote control. It's the six doctors like, where'd you get one of those? Mm-hmm. And that that's a, something that'll tie us in to the to the other one. But yeah, I really enjoy it. Like, I, this is one, the first time I went through, I noted, you know, it was notable because of the Ronnie. But every time I watch this, I like this one a lot more and more and more and more. And it, it holds up, I think, in rewatch value quite a bit and it's yeah. a good one two three run for the attack of cybermen and uh varos and then this and it gets uh-huh. a nice contrast to varos as it was a even though it's rainy and stuff and that was gloomy tunnels this one still has you know it's just a different a different feeling like uh-huh. than the others and i really like that transcendence all right well uh it's time for us to return to the chart set our coordinates for our next adventure rachel whereabouts in time and space can people find you you can find me with the five ish fangirls podcast we are a weekly pop culture entertainment podcast where we talk books movies video games all sorts of geeky things from the female perspective and we are found pretty much wherever you can find podcasts and also at the fiveishfangirls.com where you can connect with us on all of our different social media handles and every other week you can find me on gold standard the oscars podcast where we are watching and reviewing every single academy award winning best picture winner in chronological order so as of recording this we are still smack dab in the 1940s but post-world war ii era although the war is still on people's minds as we have seen (laughs) with some of the movies and we'll see with some of the movies but the 50s are quickly coming and i am so happy to start seeing color Oh, no offense, black and white has its place. I've, I've, you know, since doing this, I've discovered. I've you want a variety. I've discovered, you know, noir, and black and white is perfect for noir. But yeah, I'm ready for some color. <laughs> so I'm excited for that. And gold standard uh, can also be found pretty much wherever you can find podcasts. And on Facebook, just look for Gold Standard, the Oscars podcast. All right. Hashtag Mark of the Rachie. All right. <laughs> and I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Brandon4KUHD. Written work at YSOBlue.com. There's more for the Brandon Peter Show this week, but from Old Space. I am the companion, whether you like it or not. Thank you for listening. The Brandon Peters Show is a Creative Zombie Studios production. Produced by Brad Shoemaker and Brandon Peters. Written and edited by Brandon Peters. Announcer vocals by Jessica Olsman. Theme song by Metavari. Web design and show art by Brad Shoemaker with Brandon Peters. All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Additional information on this and other episodes at brandonpetershow.com. For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at brandonpetershow.com. The show is available on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found.